everyone. It's not starting out quite like we had hoped. We have freezing rain here in Muskogee, Oklahoma. And so we are switching gears. And instead of presenting from our office, we are in our homes and we're safe and warm. And you'll just have to guess if we're doing this in our pajamas or not. So (laughs) you'll just have to wait and see. Um, I hope that you enjoy the information that we have for you guys today. Um, Bridges goes legally blonde and We want to share some information with you. I will be the first presenter. The second presenter will be Sherry Sides. She is our embedded attorney in our Bridges program. First, I want to tell you just a little bit about what our Bridges community looks like in Muskogee, Oklahoma, and then I will turn it over to Sherry to share with you how her work has impacted our efforts. And so a little bit about Muskogee. We have one director, that is me, and we have an English-speaking coach for getting ahead classes, that's Sheena Salma, and a Spanish-speaking coach, which is Yesenia Ochoa, who's here. Um, Our first getting ahead class started in 2011, so we are technically in year seven, so we're quite a bit down the road, and we're able to do some really fun things because of that. We are funded completely by the City of Muskogee Foundation. It's a local community foundation. They gave us a five-year grant. Um, After the first five years, our outcomes were so good that they gave us a second five-year grant, which is a blessing. It means I don't have to spend a lot of my time fundraising. Um, And so we appreciate that. And I do a monthly community workshop, Bridges Out of Poverty workshop for community leaders. And so far, we've trained over 2,000 people in our community. We've trained our entire police department. We've trained our entire EMS department, um, our housing authority, different organizations and communities um, and businesses and schools in our community. And that really helps build our social capital for our program. And because of that social capital, we're able to do a lot of things we might not have been able to do before. One of the really cool things that happened was we were named National Bridges Community of the Year in 2016. Um, I think some of the reasons why are coming up, you'll see. You can see our um, our graduates, 357 graduates to date. Think of that as 357 families that have been affected by getting ahead classes. You can see our outcomes there. I won't read them to you, but I think the coolest one is at the bottom where 75% of our graduates report to us that they are now self-sufficient. That's huge. And our funders also really like those numbers. We call all of our graduates every summer and ask them a series of questions just to kind of check in with them, see what they're doing, how they're doing on their future stories, and ask them some questions so we can get some outcomes. Some of the extra benefits that we have in our program are additional staying ahead classes. We have a financial literacy class called Money Matters that evolves into Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. That is paid for by local banks. We have a boundaries class that we have added and a parent university class. And we have found these classes to be extraordinarily helpful. We have a car donation program that has been added Citizens of our community will donate a used car. We'll fix it up and sell it to a graduate for $500. A local bank will give them a real car loan. 
and they pay that off, then they report to their credit. And so they get transportation, overcomes that transportation barrier, and it helps the donor because they get a tax write-off. So that's a cool thing that we're doing to help with our, our graduates with their um, future story. Microloans, these are zero interest microloans to help someone um, maybe prevent them from losing their job if life happens. And we offer free dental, vision, and hearing services. Now, I'd be happy to answer any questions about any of these things if you're interested. But what we're here to talk about today is our legal services that we have now added. So what happened was the Oklahoma Bar Foundation, it's the foundation for the Oklahoma Bar Association, came into some money from the Bank of America foreclosure situation. Um, one of the contacts that we had that had gone through one of my community workshops was John Tyler Hammonds. He is our former 19-year-old mayor. Maybe, I think it was about 10 years ago, you may have heard that Muskogee had the first, America's first 19-year-old mayor. And, well, he's all grown up now. He's, um, he's like 29, and he's an attorney, and he's on the Oklahoma Bar Foundation. And when he heard about these funds, he came to me and said, this organization is wanting to grant this money out to organizations across the state that have a legal nexus. You need to come up with a legal nexus. And I didn't have to think about that because almost all of our graduates have some kind of legal situation, some kind of need. And I'm smart enough to know that that's not something I can help with. And, and the legal system itself is scary, especially if you're uneducated about it. The, you know, if you don't have money to hire an attorney to stand beside you, it can be very daunting. And so I called a meeting. I called the district attorney, the city attorney. I called in John Tyler Hammonds. And I called Legal Aid and said, okay, we need to apply for this money. What can we do? So we got together. We talked about all the, lead, the needs that we think that our graduates may have. And these wonderful people were so willing to help us because they had been through our training. They understood our program. They understood how important it was to help our graduates. And we got an interview with the selection committee in Oklahoma City. And these people went with us to that interview. And it, so it looked really good to have the DA and the city attorney with us when we went to apply for this money. We were approved for $75,000. It's a one-time legal grant, and it was made to legal aid. So technically, our attorney is a legal aid employee, not a Bridges employee. And they have embedded her in our office. And this is actually a great thing because... Now, because she's a legal aid employee, she has access to a network of other attorneys with different specialties that she can access, and we just get the benefit of all of her services. And so we hired Sherry in March of 2018, and we are reapplying right now to keep her because she's done such an amazing job. Sherry has been a game changer for Muskogee's Bridges program. We have had so many graduates. I have graduates coming up to me all the time saying, Sherry's amazing. She saved my life. She went to court with me. Everything has changed. It's all going to be okay. And so not only is she wonderfully compassionate, she's a bulldog in the courtroom, which and she's very smart and willing to research and ask questions. And she's just the perfect person for this job. And I do want to hand it over to her. And while she's visiting with you and going through some of the stories that she has and the impact that she's made, um, I'm going to try to keep an eye on the chat and maybe answer some questions as, as they come up. Um, 
but I'm going to give her a chance to, to meet you and then talk to you guys about what is going on. So we're kind of new at this webinar thing. Give us a minute to get things switched over to her to make her the presenter. Okay, good morning, everybody. I'm Sherry Sides. I'm the attorney embedded in the Bridges Out of Poverty program in uh, Muskogee, Oklahoma. <clears throat> Treasure, thank you uh, for your introduction. Um, and can everybody see my screen? Oh, okay, it says hope. We can. Okay, good. All right, that's that's uh, what I want to start my presentation with today is hope. I think the most important thing that an attorney can give their client is hope. A lot of times when clients come to me, they, uh, they come to me and they're fearful about their situation. They're not sure what to do. They're overwhelmed at times. Like Treasure has said, they don't always have the social capital to know what to do or who to contact to get a resolution to their situation. So having me be embedded in their program, um, our participants understand that they are able to call me, and I think that makes them more comfortable approaching me and picking up the phone for the first time because they know I am there for them. So um, I think it's really important that they know to come to me, and the first thing I want to do whenever they come is to give them hope that their situation can be uh, resolved. Um, I try to help them set realistic expectations. I explain to them what I'm able to do, and I let them know that they're not alone in tackling their situation. Uh, many times when I meet with my clients, uh, they come to me with an initial problem, but then as I uh, discuss with them and I get to know them a little better, I find that they have other issues that they may need assistance with. So, um, and they come to me because they need help with child support, but at the same time, they may have a question about a tax bill that they received, or they're having trouble with their landlord, and I'm able to help them in just a multitude of ways so that I can help them to move better uh, move forward in their life. Um, so on this screen, I'm just showing you that I'm able to give a broad range of services, everything from giving legal advice on civil matters to helping them when they need assistance with forms uh, or if they need certain pleadings filed with the courthouse, all the way up to um, for, uh, representing them in court if they need assistance or they need someone to advocate on their behalf in the courtroom. So um, I'm able to do all of that for them. Um, civil law encompasses many areas of law. And the next two screens that I have shows uh, really the broad range of areas that I'm able to assist my clients in. Um, the first one I have listed is family law, which is just a huge wealth of uh, areas that I'm able to help my clients in, uh, as you can see. As you can see, it covers uh, prenuptial agreements, divorce, child custody, uh, guardianships. Um, but in addition to that, I'm able to help clients in other ways, uh, such as bankruptcies and estate planning and health law. Um, and some of these areas are specialized areas of law. And <clears throat> I'm fortunate as a legal aid attorney that I am uh, part of a statewide network. So I have people at, uh, in, at my disposal that I can contact to, to help me with any questions that I may have when I'm working in one of these specialized areas so they can help me as I'm guiding my clients through their case to their best resolution. So on this screen, I'm showing the types of cases that I handled in my first six months as an embedded attorney at Bridges. Um, 
I still haven't been with the Bridges program for my first year yet, so I'm giving you my benchmarks for six months uh, with the program. And as you can see, um, my two biggest areas are family law and uh, miscellaneous. But you see from that pie chart that I'm covering the gamut. In fact, I have assisted clients in 18 different areas of law in my first six months that I've been with the program. Um, and I uh, want to explain to you, you see I've got guardianships, foreclosures, and home ownership, collections, immigration, estate planning, social security, contracts, and miscellaneous. Um, and I want to break out that miscellaneous section for you so you see what that is about. Um, I had 11 cases that I needed to code in my system as miscellaneous, but these mostly are, um, are court, kind, uh, court costs and fees and outstanding warrants. Um, as you see, I had one case, it was a personal injury case that I had to refer to a specialist in that area. And one case was for something across the state that I was able to give advice for. But the remaining nine cases involved outstanding warrants, court costs, and fees. Um, and of these, there were 21 outstanding warrants. I was able to get 21, all 21 of them recalled. And I was able to save my clients $10,140 in court costs in the first six months. And the ways I did that um, are I was either able to negotiate to get the fines reduced or to get the minimum payment um, reduced to a smaller amount that was manageable by my clients. Um, and one thing I do want to say about that is when clients have a case um, in court, whether it's criminal or it's civil, there's going to be fees uh, and fines for those cases. And if they miss a payment, if they set up a payment arrangement with the court and then they are not able to make that payment arrangement and they start missing payments, they can have an outstanding warrant sworn out for their arrest. And then they can be picked up and thrown in jail. And so it's a very fearful thing. And so for me to be able to help them get those warrants recalled um, is is really helpful to their life. And um, so anyway, I've been able to save them money uh, by getting fines reduced. Another way I've been able to save them money is by getting uh, the court to agree to community service hours to be worked in lieu of paying fines and fees. And I wanna give a huge shout out to Treasure because she has done so much work in our community to uh, have the whole community involved with our Bridges program. And uh, they have a great understanding of what we do in our program, so much so that our judges in our district court are willing to allow our uh, clients to actually count their class hours in their Bridges programs towards their community service hours. Um, and this goes to paying off their fines and fees. And in some situations, they have so many class hours that that takes care of the fee just by itself. So that is a wonderful benefit. And a lot of that is due to the groundwork that Treasure has laid in our community. So um, it's been wonderful for our, our clients to be able to have that as an, you know, an extra help. Okay, this next slide shows a breakdown of the work that I did in the first six months uh, by level of service. And we really basically already talked about that, but it shows I did a lot of advice and counsel. I did limited actions and negotiations. Um, I've had uncontested court decisions, which are things like guardianships. I've had 
contested court decisions, which would be, um, you know, child support, uh, child custody cases, and then I've had other services. Uh, to break this down so you can see how this has helped our clients, <clears throat> in my first six months, I assisted our clients with over 300 hours of attorney services. Uh, to put that to a dollar sign, to give you context, this is how I've saved, this is how much I've saved the bridges, participants, and graduates. Um, the average attorney charges about $200 an hour, and actually that's really kind of a low estimate, but that's what I used. Um, and 300 hours at $200 an hour is $60,000. So in the first six months, I was able to save $60,000 in legal fees for our Bridges clients. And that figure is in addition to the savings of like the court fines and fees that I showed you earlier that I was able to save then, or child support awarded, or Social Security that's been awarded, um, et cetera. Okay, so now to the fun part. I've share, I'm sharing several case studies with you so that you can see the wide range of ways that I'm able to help clients in the program. And I'm going to start with um, case one uh, regarding outstanding warrants and court fines and fees. This happened on my first day at work. I um, was being shown around the Bridges office, and I had just been taken to my desk area. I hadn't even turned on my computer, but I was meeting everyone and getting settled in uh, to be the attorney in that office when my very first client came in. And I was asked, "Are you? can you help him? He needs help. And so I said, of course I can. Um, and this gentleman, he, um, he had 13 outstanding warrants, and he was just very frightened about that. He was sick, he was on Social Security, and so he had a very limited income. He'd gotten behind on his payments, and for every case that he had, he had a warrant that went out for him. So he didn't have really an ability to pay this and get caught up, and he, he came to me because he was, he was really afraid and overwhelmed. So um, I sat him down at my desk, and I called the courthouse, and I spoke with one of the judges, and I explained the situation and that he is on a very limited income and that he wanted to just see if it would be possible to get the warrants recalled and um, just restart him on his payment plan so he could get back on track. And the judge was very generous uh, to do so. And we did tell him, you know, he is a Bridges participant and they're very supportive of our program. So he immediately um, and during the phone call just said, I'm recalling the warrants. And I'm going to give him a 30-day 30 uh, thirty grace period. And then he reduced the payment uh, down to $25 a month, which was wonderful for my client because it helped him to get back on his feet and uh, be able to manage uh, that payment better. So uh, that was case one. And case two, um, really it's two cases. I've had two Rule 8 hearings uh, that I had before two different judges in two different counties. I was able to win both cases, and the result of that was that we had three outstanding warrants recalled and just over $3,000 in fees waived. For uh, my housing case studies, this is something that is an issue that comes up pretty frequently. Um, in my first case, I had a client call me. She had a five-day eviction notice, um, and she was in a panic. She was an older client. Um, she also... Um, had a very limited income, and uh, she was also on housing assistance. And if a person gets evicted and they are on assistance for housing, they will lose it. 
And in the Muskogee area, if you lose your assistance, you have to go back on the wait list. And right now the wait list is between two and three years before you can get assistance again. So if this woman lost her apartment, she would be homeless and she didn't have anywhere else to go. So um, I met with her and uh, I negotiated a payment plan for her to see what she was able to do. And I actually went out to her apartment because she was pretty sick and I just took my notary with me. We drafted up some paperwork to give me permission to negotiate on her behalf. And then I drove my notary back and I went to the apartment complex office and met with the apartment manager. And I explained her situation and uh, I tried to get the manager to be a part of the solution. And she was really actually pretty excited to be able to do that. So, <laughs> so um, we were able to work out a payment plan that was manageable by my client and uh, something that also satisfied the landlord. And I got it reduced to writing and both parties were able to sign it. And my client was able to stay in her apartment. So she was pretty excited about that. And I was really happy to be able to help her. So that was my first one. Uh, my second one was deferring house payments. Um, I had a client who was just having difficulty uh, with her house payments. She just had trouble keeping up. So I was able to call the, the, uh, the private lender in that situation, and I was able to negotiate to have ten, her 10 missed house payments just move to the end of the loan to protect her from foreclosure. So um, that was something that was helpful for her. Um, my third case was about an eviction. I got a call the night before the hearing. When she called me, she said, I should have called you before, but I wasn't sure if you could do anything to help me. So I said, I'm happy to just meet you at the courthouse in the morning and find out what the situation is. So um, I met with her in the morning and the landlord was there and their attorney was there. So I pulled the other attorney aside for a quick sidebar and I was able to negotiate with this other attorney to give her additional days to move out. Because usually when you go to a hearing and they say you are out, you have to move immediately. Um, but I was able to negotiate to get her additional days so she would have time to move. And I was also able to negotiate to prorate the month that she was in so she didn't have to pay the entire month. So I was able to save her $300. And so uh, that was very helpful for her. And it was able, it gave her an opportunity to really kind of gather herself and move, move to a different uh, home. <clears throat> for my social security case, I had a client who came to me whose initial social security case claim had been denied. Um, he actually had been working with another attorney, and uh, as soon as he got the denial letter, that attorney stopped taking his phone calls. And my client had contacted Social Security, but he didn't actually realize that he needed to file an appeal, and so he missed that deadline. And so when he came to me, he was outside the grace period already for the, the appeals time, and he wasn't sure what to do. He was having to live with other people. He didn't have his own home anymore. He was very sick. He was not able to afford his medications and he was pretty desperate. And he said, they made a mistake on my claim and I just need someone to listen to me. So I said, sure, I, you know, let's discuss it. And I had him come to my office and we sat down and we went through all of his paperwork and I found out that he was correct. They had made a mistake regarding his assets. So um, I 
I typed up a letter that explained very, very clearly, step by step, what the situation was. And I attached all the appropriate documentation and I faxed over Social Security. And they promptly ignored me. So I had to be a squeaky wheel for the next three months, uh, just calling every week, saying, what is the status of this? Have you read the facts yet? I really need to know what we need to do to get this case reopened. Um, and it, it took three months uh, of talking to different people and just being very polite. Um, I was politely pestering them. And I finally found a, a way to, to get them to listen to me. And so uh, once they did, I said, please, please go back and read that fax. And as soon as they did, they called me back that same afternoon and they said, we need to relook at this case. And so um, it took them about a week or two to reopen the case. And but as soon as they did, within another two weeks, they went ahead and approved his claim, which is pretty amazing in Social Security world because it can take months or years sometimes to get claims approved. But they uh, approved his claim. And at the beginning of the next month, they sent him his first check, which they paid him back to what his original approval date should have been. So he got a very good size check. So he was able to get um, an apartment of his own and kind of just get reestablished in his life. And as soon as he got his award letter, he was able to take that to DHS and then apply for assistance with his medications. So this really, really, um, it really improved his quality of life and he was really excited about it. So I just, I love being able to help my clients and um, it's really fun to be able to get good results. So um, my uh, case studies for family law is, um, in my first case, I had a client um, who was struggling financially, and the dad in the situation happened to be behind on his child support, and she ended up losing her housing. So um, she reached out to him, and she asked him for help. But instead of giving her financial support, he showed up at the school the next day, and he yanked the child out of school and filed for temporary custody with the intent of getting full custody and taking the child away from her. So uh, she was beside herself and she, and that's just when I had started with the program. So she came in in like the first month that I was there and she uh, said, please help me. I need to get my child back. And he had never lived with his father before um, it, for his entire life. He'd been with the mother. So at the next hearing, I, I just went to war for her. <laughs> And I was able to win sole custody back for her and also reestablish child support for her so she would be able to be in a better position financially with her child to, um, to move forward in her life. So, and the second uh, case that I have for family law, uh, this client was awarded joint custody, which is what she wanted, and they shared their expenses uh, because that's what worked best for them. And she was really adorable because she came into the office afterwards and she was just walking down the hall, just kind of yelling out to everybody that was there, I have joint custody. I have joint custody. And oh yeah, I'm divorced. <laughs> so we thought it was pretty hilarious and we were really happy that she was so happy to get custody back of her child. Okay, and this is my final case study that I wanted to share with you, just to show you um, there's such a broad range of things that an attorney can do. Um, and this was regarding a consumer loan 
we had a client who purchased a vehicle new to her, and uh, she had it, I believe, two days, and then it broke down for her on the side of the road, on the highway. So um, she was pretty distressed, and she called because uh, she had it towed back to the dealership's mechanic, and the dealership didn't want to help her. She had a warranty for the case, but the warranty company was saying, no, whatever's wrong with it is falls under the exclusions. And they didn't want to pay for it. So, um, so I started doing some research. I started uh, reading about automobile fraud. I called the mechanic, and I said, tell me everything about this engine and what's wrong with it and what you think is wrong with it and what you think needs to happen. So he told me what the situation was. And then I called one of the largest dealerships in the state for that type of vehicle. And I also said, what is your industry standard for uh, an engine in this situation? What would you do? And so I got that information. And then I called uh, counsel for the warranty company. And we just sat down with the, the warranty and discussed the clauses and exclusions. And I was able to explain to him why they had paid for this vehicle. And, um, and they agreed. So she had her car running again uh, within a week of that conversation. So it was really exciting for me. She was happy that she didn't have a $14,000 paperweight and, um, you know, it was just a win. So anyway, oh, the final thing I do want to say is that every client that I have has a, has a story and every story is very compelling to me. And when I see the struggles that a lot of our clients go through in their everyday lives just to live their life. Um, and then they have these layers of issues that are on top of it that they need help with. It just really motivates me to do everything that I can to remove these extra barriers so that they can move forward in their life. And, and it's something that really excites me and I'm happy to do. I think it's been very helpful to have an attorney partner with the Bridges program um, because um, I've been able to really, I think, be effective in helping our clients. So thank you for your time. And do you have any questions for us? Thank you, Sherry. That was absolutely wonderful. I think we all need to give a Muskogee Bridges a, a virtual round of applause that is adding an incredible layer for uh, the Getting Ahead graduates to get on with um, a higher level of stability. So what questions do you guys have for Treasure or Sherry? Uh, we'll have you type them in the chat. So March will be your year. When will you find out about an extension of your grant? We are still waiting right now. So hopefully we find out soon if we need to go back to Oklahoma City and do the interviews again. You know, we really wanted to wait and see what outcomes looked like for this because we weren't quite sure this was the first time that this had been done. And I think our outcome outcomes are amazing and Sherry is amazing. So I think if we do get an opportunity to go in front of that selection committee, there's no doubt in my mind that we'll get to keep her for another year. <laughs> so if you have a legal aid office in your town, what would you recommend? I would recommend setting up a meeting with them and saying, you know, I know that this was a special opportunity with some special monies that became available and we were had, we were able to just find it and latch onto it. But that doesn't mean there aren't other opportunities out there and your legal aid office can help you find them. 
Um, you know, there's grants everywhere. And so if you can find a grant writer or somebody in your local library who can search for grants for you, you can find a grant. You can get with a legal aid office and put together an application for all kinds of things. And so I would say start doing your research. And if you need the Muskogee office to come and do a presentation or show them this video or a letter from us saying, here's how we do it, we will be happy to share anything we have in our arsenal to put in yours. Okay. All right. You know, uh, Treasure has presented topics like this and what they're doing at the Muskogee um, Bridges at our national conference. in, And this year it's in Indianapolis, September 22nd through the 24th. And uh, we just opened up that call for presenters. So if you're doing something else in one of your communities then um, that's innovative and outside of the box, we would like you to um, do complete one of those call for presenters. So it doesn't look like we have any questions at the moment. I was just amazed at all the, the cases that you handled, Sherry, and the way that you're able to assist and help become that voice and that um, bridge for uh, clients. And um, it's just a fabulous resource. So anybody else um, have any other questions? I will. The conference is in Indianapolis, September 22nd and 24th, and I will send you information you know, those were just some highlights of the cases that Sherry has worked on. There are so many more that it may be just smaller where she's just written a letter or given advice or talked someone through a crisis. Um, we just tried to pick out some some powerful ones that we thought would be interesting for you. So she's amazing. And I just I don't know how we would do this without her. It has made such a difference in our graduates lives. So we're so thankful for you, Sherry. Thank you for everything you do. Well, thank you so much. I loved um, being a part of this process, and um, I'm excited about the things I've been able to do so far, and uh, I really do feel that it's beneficial to have an attorney be a part of the program so that um, needs can be met, because like I said before, a lot of times people are really afraid to to address their issues, and they don't know that there's a, a, a way to resolve things sometimes that's a lot easier maybe even than they even understand or even if it's complex that they they're afraid to tackle it you know so knowing that they have someone to go to that is going to be able to be with them and kind of walk them through that process I think really helps them. Thanks much and uh, in two weeks we'll have another webinar. Uh, we appreciate the time that you gave to this so have a good day and thank you for your time and all the work that you do in your community. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year.